Hey guys, welcome to the Begging Broadcast, episode number 537. I'm Chris. I'm John. And I'm Paul. We're a weekly podcast that comes to you in three ways. The first being the Weekend Geek, bringing the top geek stories of the past week. Next is the list. And these are the comic books that we're looking forward to. Coming out October 10th, 2023. And we're bringing you the hits from the 1980s, and I'm 70s, Casey and Kasem. 60s. <laughs> Casey Kasem's dead. My son's gotten into Scooby-Doo, so I've been doing oh, okay. a lot of Scoob and Shaggy. Mm-hmm. And that's Casey Case. Makes sense. <clears throat> and then we follow that up with our weekly rotating main topic. And this week, we're taking a look back at some of the comic books that we read in September of 2023. Yeah. And as always, we start with a beer. I was going to say a good beer, but it doesn't always happen to be good. Paul and I are drinking the same beer, but Chris, what are you drinking? I have three beers from Heretic today. Um, Ooh, first one, to me. Uh, I don't know where they're located. I literally saw their cans, and I was like, oh, those are big boys. Let me get them. Um, Fairfield, California. Uh, the first two I have are going to be from their Hazy IPA series, and this is the Maha Haze, and it's just a New England-style IPA, 6.5% ABV, and that's all it is. Yeah, it's it's a hazy IPA. It's a little, it's not as juicy as I would prefer my hazy IPAs to be, but it's it's hitting those notes. It's not bad. Um, definitely, it's uh, stovepipe cans. It's fine. 19.2 fluid ounces? Uh, something like that. I don't know. How much comes in a 19.2? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, I'm I'm not expected to read this. I've already looked for other things on the can and struggled with it. Uh, but, John, you said you and Paul are drinking the same beer. So what you got? Yeah, we're drinking from Treehouse. <clears throat> My wonderful friend Paul brought back some beers from Treehouse for me. And I sat and waited for two weeks to drink these with him. Um, and this is 35. This is a double IPA, 7.8%. Uh, yeah. <clears throat> This is, is a nice there, IPA. It's a good drinking beer. It's fruity. It's not overly like I want to say it's like hop, a, like a tropical hop. It's no. giving you know from the from the uh, label here. I'm trying to get like I was thinking. Oh, I'm going to get like uh, mango. I might get pineapple. I was thinking like those. I think kind I of get things. a little papaya. I think I get a little papaya. You get a little papaya. You're not getting a little papaya. I don't get a little papaya. No, I'm getting I'm getting nice fruity hops but not anything that screams at me over tropical and it's fine you know sometimes i just miss a little papaya a little papaya oh this beer also is no longer in production paul Ooh. it's brewed with a hop blend heavily favoring two american classics columbus and simcoe the result is a wonderfully punchy yet juicy new age double IPA. I should have drank this slower now that I know it's no longer in production. Uh, it's uh, I think this... a soft effervescence, which I would agree. Uh, yeah, it doesn't yeah, really say. It's not, it's not a soft beer like we had. That you know. I think from it's all... pretty soft. It's it's yeah, but they said a soft soft effervescence. effervescence. I mean, you could slam you could slam this mm-hmm. beer. 
Yeah, I've been trying not to drink it all before the show, and I'm almost done with it. A lot of people are giving it like fives and fours. I'd probably give this a three and a half. Like, it's good. You know what? Yeah, yeah, I could see if you're giving you it said, a three. You know what? And then you stopped talking. Well, because I, I, I didn't mean I didn't mean to interrupt you. But yeah. See, I thought you were I thought you were still thinking if you were like, you know what? Yeah, I agree. Or you're gonna be like, you know what? No, it is a five. It, God, I, I could see John rating it a three and a half. So you know what I would rate it? A five. Five. <laughs> I think you it's know, they really tried hard. Good. It's not what I was looking for, but you know, it didn't poison me. I think uh, <laughs> I think it's really good. I, for some reason, I would expect this to just be everything turned up a couple more notches. Yeah. Yeah. And again, like you said, like you got this nice tropical setting on the label that you would think, oh, this is going to be those big, juicy flavors, mango, papaya, like a lot of those. And it is a good drinking beer. This is better than most hazy IPAs that you can get that are kind of the from the bigger breweries, those more mass-produced ones. But it's still just for Treehouse, I would expect a little bit more. Yeah, just, but it's good. It's three yeah. and a half is still a good drinking beer. Because when they promise you Julius, they deliver a Julius. Like you're like, yes, this is an orange drinking IPA. This is wonderful. This gives me all the fruit notes that I would want. Wow. And um, you know, that 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 last sip, it's kind of getting towards the end. I'm swishing it around, and a lot more flavor is kind of coming up on it because we we should have poured these in glasses. Um, but there's a lot more flavor coming up, so maybe like I'd say maybe 375 a four. It's yeah. definitely that last swig I just had was a lot more flavor to it. See. That's why I rated a beer of five, because I'm not deducting any points for my own mishaps. <laughs> Everything is perfect. <laughs> Chris, Speaking of perfect, we got some great news to discuss. Oh, oh, yeah, Michael. Oh, wait, no. <laughs> wait, no. <laughs> Guys, let's not go from happy songs to talking about some dog dying. Casey Kasem, see, bringing it all back. Yep. I'm glad you got that because I was afraid that was a Paul reference that only I would get. Yeah, I, think, that would get I think other people would get that reference, but I don't think. Oh, did we have the the Casey Kasem? Yeah, we did. That was when we started off the show. I'm catching up, guys. <laughs> Anyways, we uh, did spend we did spend like 45 minutes bullshitting before the show. So, so what was yeah, on the uh, show? What is not on the show? Who knows? The Writers Guild. Uh, the strike has ended. They got pretty much everything that they were looking for, uh, which means they can go back to their writers' rooms. Uh, Screen Actors Guild still on strike though, so we'll see what happens. Uh, and a lot of a lot of the writers are still walking in um, with the with the actors as well. So solidarity. There's solidarity. Yep. Some of them might also be part of the Screen Actors Guild still too. Yes, I think that that is, <laughs> that is a thing too, but. Um, yeah. yeah, they got um, a minimum number of writers that they can have in the room, so they can't just be forced to have, like, one or two people. Like, they have, like, a set number. Um, they will be receiving residuals based on streaming numbers for the first 90 days things are released. Um, more, Even more interesting, 
even though the numbers will be classified, they will actually have access to streaming numbers, which I think is really interesting. And I look forward to when some of those inevitably leak out because it could be really interesting to see what's uh, what's a success, what's not a success, and what they're saying is a success, but it wasn't a success. Yeah. What, what else? Day tail is, is still pretty short. I know it's three months, I mean, which probably in the streaming world is forever. And hopefully- Especially because at that point, if something comes out on streaming, people are usually binging it. Or if it's something that's coming out week by week, you're getting your whole season probably within six to ten weeks anyways. So if people are waiting for everything to be released before they watch it, you're still going to have them within that three-month period. But if you think about it, too, like, Paul, if you think about, like, Ahsoka or one of those shows, most of the time everybody's watching those all at once because they're all watching it when it's coming out. So not they're talking about it, so it won't get spoiled. So those big shows are like Mm -hmm. those first 90 days. That's where all that big where all of it's coming from. And maybe you're going to get a boost in it when people rewatch it, when the next season's coming out. Mm -hmm. And at that point, you're you're far enough away. But you got that new show that you're going to get those. Yeah, I was just hoping, you know, (laughs) it's kind of like the old, you know, old TV kind of paradigm of, oh, we want to hit 200 episodes. If we hit 200 episodes, that means we go into syndication and royalty checks will just keep on going once it hits syndication. 90 days doesn't feel like that syndication mark to me. You know what I mean? It, it seems like, yeah, oh, but we need a quick hit show. I don't think I don't think anybody's. Anybody currently on TV is really getting that syndication stuff, right? It's weird things like NCIS uh Law and Order spin-offs Raising and Enemy, like which is hit Blue Blue Bloods you know like the stuff that like are just shown constantly on TBS and TNT Monk, if those are even still channels anymore Monk which is is coming back I saw yesterday so I don't know if your mom knows about that John Oh I'll have to let her know John's Good mom night. number 1 Monk at, fan And I was at uh, the hotel and so uh, outside Boston, outside of Salem, uh, Charmed every morning was on. And it was like four episodes of Charmed. Like you wake up and you're like just, you know, waiting for your wife to take a shower. You're taking a shower, getting coffee, going down for breakfast, coming back up. And you're like, and- Kate, go back into the shower. Charmed isn't over yet. I'm only two episodes into the four episode block. <laughs> it was so crazy. Like it's like 7 a.m. Charmed is on. And it's going to be on until like noon, and that's all they're showing. And that's like when TBS. your day starts at <laughs> noon o'clock. You're like, all right, I got my charmed for the day, ready okay. to take on the world. I wish I knew. I'd never watched it. it. The episodes of it, I did catch some of them. Like this is bad. So I do not have any references I could make, and this is the only time in my life I wish I I had something. Uh, the only thing I know about Charmed is because I did some Save by the Bell research. <laughs> is that Tiffany Amber? Eason was um, they wanted her to replace uh, Shannon Doherty on that, oh. and she refused. And we got Rose McGowan instead. Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Paul, Paul knows that because he watched the special uh, pop-up video version of Charmed. 
Uh, no, because they on, didn't play him in mornings. order. And he watched one episode, and Shannon Doherty was a sister. And then the next episode, he's like, where did you go? They got a new sister? It's Rose McGowan. Hey. Why is it? Why are they superheroes in this episode? I know they did weird stuff like that. Where they it's did like, weird oh, stuff. All, all of a sudden, now there's like a robot on it. Like, in the Almost cover. every episode involves uh, Alyssa Milano turning into some sort of, like, uh, uh, you know, uh, mythological. This week creature. she's a break dancer. <laughs> <laughs> this week she's a banshee. Next week she's a mermaid. A mermaid episode's pretty good. Pretty good. Mm. Did the mermaid one? A lot of teenage. <laughs> it's Oof, a lot right. of teenage faces. <laughs> Can't go back into the shower. <laughs> oh, let's go. You know, you can interrupt my sharp talk. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah. Congratulations, Writers Guild. Um, I'm glad your, your uh, requests were met. And, you know, everybody deserves to be paired, paid a fair price for the work that they do. And you do a lot of work. And a lot of people, yeah. you know, partake of that. So. Yeah. I also enjoy that, like, uh, the one guy who I've been following for it, um, Adam um, Conover. Yeah, he was like, they said they wouldn't cave to any of our demands, and they caved to all of them. I'm I think sure. there was a lot of pressure on because the last one that happened, how many years ago? Like, it was kind of well known that they went a hundred days, and I think the Writers Guild was not prepared to go one hundred and five. So they took a bad deal, like the last time they went on strike. And ever since then, I think they really realized that, hey, let's build a war chest. Let's make sure we're okay, because once this deal's up, we got to go on strike again. And I think the studios were all thinking, oh, 100 days in, they'll come back to the table and we'll break them. And it's been 140. And the and we're into the fall season. No new shows are on. It's all, you know, game shows and stuff like that. Yeah. So <clears throat> I think the studios were like, okay, we can't outlast this at this time. Yeah. We're falling behind. So, yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, you also had a lot of like actors and writers in the community that, that did have, do have money. Mm hmm. Contributing stuff, Ben Affleck, Matt Damon, uh, Drew Carey. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Drew Carey, I think they said just at Bob's Big Boys, he was spending like $10,000 a week because there was two restaurants that were by where they were striking. But also there were two restaurants that a lot of the writers and actors would go to. So with those people on strikes, those restaurants would suffer as well. So he picked those two restaurants specifically. And then all you had to go do is go in and show your card and you would get a free meal. Mm. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. And at like the Bob's Big Boys, I think it was like $10,000 a week he was spending just oh. there. Is it like... When that story came out, I heard a lot of other things that he was doing. It's just like, he's a cool guy. Like, he just, and everybody's like, yeah, he just, he cares about what he does. He cares <clears> about the people that he works with. Like, he, he's, well, he's great. 
by the end of like the Drew Carey show, you know, he was a multimillionaire by the end of that. And at the end of every season, he would take everyone, the lighting guy, the this, the that, and their families. He'd rent like a cruise ship and they'd be the only people on the cruise ship. And they'd go and do a cruise. He'd take everybody on a cruise. And everything was paid for but on him because he's like, I got <laughs> I got millions of dollars. I don't have a family. You people are my family. I'm going to take care of everybody. It's amazing what you can afford when you don't spend all your money on cocaine. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, he spent a lot of money, I think, on strippers. But, you know, they yeah. only take so much when you go in and you say, I'm only bringing this much money. Mm-hmm. But you can go to Bob's Big Boy and get a meal. <laughs> get a meal. Just show them your stripper union card. Uh, John, you sent something our way, and you said, not for Paul or something. I can't remember what you sent it. Uh, Like, Paul, this isn't for you. We got the first trailer for the Toxic Avenger remake. Um, Not by Troma, but approved by Troma, uh, the New uh, Jersey-based film company. Um, starring Peter Dinklage as the Toxic Avenger. Um, you don't really get a good shot of him as a to- Toxic Avenger. Um, but it's pretty crazy. Like, everybody's talking about what, um, a lot, how Elijah Wood looks like in it. Um, but yeah, like, I watched that trailer and I shared it. And it was, Paul, you, you don't, this isn't for you, Paul. You don't need to yeah. watch it. I, I didn't watch it. Yeah, good, good for you. I was you curious if you had, because it, it seems like that they're still going to be very weird with it, even though you know, they have big actors in this. Uh, yeah, it's supposed to still be super violent, um, the trailer. So, yeah, I'm interested to see where it all goes. It's it's still interesting to me that Peter Dinklage is is playing Toxie in it. And I mean, like, growing up in the 80s, like, I mean, who who didn't see, well, Paul didn't, but who didn't see Toxic Avenger <laughs> movies? I heard about Toxic Avenger. There was a Saturday morning cartoon show for Toxic Avenger. There was. there was. I had a bunch of those toys because I had seen the movie. And, and they just had them at, like, Kmart. You could just go and they yeah. had Toxic Avenger. Toys, yeah. Um. And I think about, like, all the stuff that I've watched, like, in the 80s as a kid. And, like, pff, I really shouldn't have watched those movies. And so then, it isn't weird for me to ask you, like, wait, are you watching that with Grayson? <laughs> I'm not, no. But my son has watched all of Jaws. He's four years old. Mm-hmm. He's seen all of Jaws. He's seen Quint get killed. He's he's okay with all of that. And then... um. We've been watching the other Jaws, and he's like, ah, you just fast forward. So I got, we got to fast forward through all the talking and just watch mm-hmm. all the shark stuff. Um, but I was walking through, I was walking through grocery store, and um, this kid's dressed up as Michael Myers, like a, like a little kid just like my son. Mm-hmm. And he's got the mask on. He's got, he's got like a plastic butcher knife. And this lady's like, oh, what a nice costume. And they're walking, and, like, the grandma who's pushing them in this cart is like, say thank you, say thank you. And the kid just goes, Michael Myers doesn't talk. 
<laughs> and then he goes back to it. And I was like, that kid knows what's going I said, I go, that kid knows what's going on. Good job, buddy. And I kept walking. And then I'm like, at least my kid's not watching Michael Myers movies. Uh, but he has seen a lot of Jaws. And the Meg. He's seen both Meg movies. Hmm. What did he think of Meg 2? Uh, I, didn't, I didn't get to finish it. Uh, I didn't think it was that great. I heard Meg one's, like one's kind of fun. And my kid loves anything where sharks are eating people. I don't know. <laughs> Do you show him Deep Blue Sea? I, I haven't yet. Okay. You will show him Deep Blue Sea. Probably. You're going to play the album by LL Cool J first. Then show it. Well, I think if he walks out and he likes that character, maybe. Well, then you, then you can get him into Anaconda. Because like, oh, those yeah. movies are very, like, don't they have, like, a crossover between the two of them? Like, four <laughs> movies down the road? Isn't there, like, Anaconda versus Deep Blue Shark or something like that? There could be. I think I that's why know. I'm making those. We, my, my son loves alligators and stuff like that. So we watched, um, we started watching the old Steve Irwin hmm. show. Mm-hmm. And then the next day. <laughs> and then you're like. Kid, you're going to love the episode where he meets the stingray. So the next day, my wife calls because, or it's two days after we watched that, she calls because he was supposed to stay late one day, and he didn't, and we pay for him to stay late, but the place was closed, so he couldn't stay. So she was like, do I get credited? And the woman who works there, who's one of the teachers, was like, yeah, we'll, we'll credit you, blah, blah, blah. Can I ask you a question, a personal question? And my wife's like, uh... Yeah. Is your husband like a crocodile adventurer? <laughs> She's like, no. He works whoa, 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 whoa. Ghostbuster rules are in effect. I, I told her she should have said yes. But she's like, no, no, no. He sells beer. And she's like, oh, because your son was telling us all about how your husband's a crocodile adventurer. And he had all these details. And I'm like, wow, he really knows what he's talking about. And uh, she's like, oh, he just started watching Steve Irwin. Did somebody get bit by a snake? And she's like, yes. It's like, (laughs) did they have to get eggs from the uh, crocodile? Yeah. Like, that's what happened in the show yesterday. (laughs) Just thought it was so funny. Like, eh. can I ask you a personal question? (laughs) Oh, man. The moment. You always say yes, yes, and you always record. <laughs> always record. Whenever I play a new game that involves a paddle, I always start it with my left hand. Doesn't matter. Pickleball, tennis, uh, ping pong. Always start le- left-handed. Chris, you look confused. It's a Princess Bride joke. Oh, okay. Go ahead, Paul. Finish, finish it up. No, that's that's you got it. We're there. <laughs> no, I know. Chris did. Chris didn't, didn't know, but it was good, Paul. He just looked so confused at you. I was going to try to move it into, like, because you're also watching Charm, so you're right. <laughs> That's a better callback. We'll, 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 we'll stick with that one. <laughs> she turns into a mermaid. I don't doubt it. All right. how Now how do we go into the next one, Paul? <laughs> Make it happen, Captain. I don't even know which the next one is. 
Well, I mean, you were talking about something magical, and there was somebody who was very magical in our lives, uh, oh. but he has now since passed away. Michael uh, Gabon. Gabon? Gambon. Gambon. Uh, yeah, the uh, actor who's appeared in, in the Harry Potter movies. He was in uh, Steve Zuzu, uh, The Life Aquatic, um, plus probably a hundred British uh, movies that we've never seen or heard of. Uh, passed away in the hospital due to um, like the flu. Like he was just. Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, pneumonia. Yeah. Bad, bad bout. Um, <clears throat> I do believe there are guards posted around uh, his burial site, though, just in case Voldemort does come to try to take the, the Elder Wand, though. So sleep well, America. You know, I heard I <laughs> I heard a thing with uh, Voldemort. Um, he his when he first appears, he's wearing several different robes in shades of green and then every time a horcrux is killed he loses one of those articles of clothing and he just that's why at the end he's just wearing that one robe and then after that he's like completely naked that's a bonus yes. feature but though, that's that we have seen. yeah that's just in your fan fiction chris yes <laughs> and then he's like harry you have to watch this episode of charmed <laughs> it's so good Harry, you've charmed you, my snake. You won't believe what Alyssa Milano becomes in this one. <laughs> it, I it's a baby. You I remember hope. you were a baby and I killed your parents. <laughs> <laughs> my friend Paul says this is the best episode. She turns into a mermaid. Oh. <laughs> uh. These are my, like, my, oh, I, I like that Con Air t-shirt. Uh, yeah. These are my. <laughs> John, stop shopping for can t-shirts. You, uh, no, Chris said it. Chris, Chris said, texted said, me. Said, can you tell we haven't sat down and talked in, like, two weeks? Because <laughs> I was on strike. Getting these are it my all favorite kind of episodes. Yeah, we didn't give in to Paul's demands. We made him come back no matter what. He, he was actually striking to get that fifth day added to uh, the Charmed rotation on TV, TBS, though. Yeah, yeah. Oh. I don't even have TBS. It's just like one of those hotel finds. You know, when you're in, at a hotel and you're just like scrolling through the stations and you're like, whoa, hey, is this on? All right. You know what my favorite hotel find is? Is Curb Your Enthusiasm. Oh, oh that's a I, good one. I had watched the first episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm, and I was like, eh. And then I watched, like, <clears throat> six episodes, because it was, like, a marathon on of, like, <clears throat> season three or season four. Chris, it's the season with um, Sherry O'Terry, where she keeps singing the, doot, doot, the, the <laughs> Looney Tunes, the Looney yeah. Tunes theme, and goes crazy and pushes the one wind out of, out of a window. Like, it was that season, six of those episodes, and I was, like dying and uh and that's what i like i started buying all the seasons and then nice. but yeah uh normally kate and i it's our our anniversary is right around you know back to school season so it's and that has now become back to hogwarts <clears throat> so most of the time like we'll hit the hotel rooms and harry potter will be on and that'll just be like they're on 
the background because we can fall asleep to it because we've seen those movies hundreds of times. So, but um, yeah, Kate will crack on um, HGTV quite a bit. Hotel rooms. What was it you were watching when you had your you had just had gallbladder surgery, and oh, it was to the uh, comic book convention. I was there stuck watching uh, the the design show. It was the art the artist show. It was it was basically chopped. I vaguely remember it. It was so. It we was. To, we went yeah. to a comic book convention. We rented a ho- we we got a hotel room, and Paul just he went off his pain medicine. We, and well, we was, didn't just go to a comic book convention. We had press passes. We were gonna yeah, we, like go. We were there to do like interviews. We set up a ton like, of content. interviews. <laughs> um, and I Paul had was like, a, I my gallbladder out like on Wednesday. We were traveling on Friday. I thought I would been healed and good. I was not healed. Nor was I good. No. And the pain medication was making me so nauseous and so sick that I, I just couldn't handle being on it anymore. So I tried to go off of it because I'm like, oh, it's been three days. And I could not I could not walk. And he also couldn't eat or drink anything. Yeah. And anytime he did, would get sick. Mm-hmm. But so Chris and I would go to these conventions and then we'd come back, we'd check on him. And he'd be like, we're like, how's everything? He's like, oh, I've been watching this art thing. Oh, I really think Angelo's going to win, but I think this Tiffany's going to do this. You got to see the show. But every time he turned it on to show us, it wasn't on. <laughs> and we were like, I think this is a weird fever dream that Paul's having. It's not real because every time he tries to show us, it's not there. It and was then on we had Bravo. A- it was the thing on Bravo. And then Canadian Bravo, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it was real, regular Bravo. Um, but then Chris and I were like, we'd set up all our interviews for Sunday. And Saturday morning, we were like, Paul, we're going to take you home. And he's like, no, no. <laughs> just just prop me up in a corner somewhere. Just r- drag me in and just put me in a corner. I'll be okay. And we, he'd already... We got there on Friday, mm-hmm. and he already was using his home his lightsaber yeah. he made as a as a crutch, and also yeah. just went and sat in a room. And people would come <laughs> up and talk to him. He's like, I don't know, guy, I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> so we're like, we're taking you home. And then he throws up all over the parking lot, and we're like, we're taking you home. We can't, we can't just make you suck for through a thing i would have been fine in the hotel watching that bravo art thing yeah but we had to leave the hotel <laughs> we had to check weren't out you, weren't you like sleeping in the bed and housekeeping came through like started like <laughs> cleaning around you yeah and then yeah, he that's... speaks out of the covers and he's like hello oh, oh sorry you don't, no turn down service <laughs> on this bed please he, he pulls it down. He's like, pulls it down. He's like, do you like charm? And then Voldemort pulls down the covers next to him. Like, it's our favorite show. I think Tiffany's gonna win. Room for one more. And he pats the, the pile next to him. <laughs> exactly what happened. Yeah. 
Anyways, there's comic books coming out today that we're looking forward to in the list. Guys, it is the Halloween season. That means I'm looking forward to exactly one book. And that book is Whatever Chilling Adventures from Archie Hork is uh, producing this year. And that and luckily it is not an anthology because those have not been great from uh, Archie or. But this is Chilling Adventures presents Welcome to Rivendale. And this is has Ginger Snap. She's coming to Rivendale. She's read all about it. But now she realizes that everybody's a little too nice, a little too wholesome. Is there a a point where this will drive people mad? And uh, yeah, this this promise is to explore toxic toxic positivity, toxic positivity, uh, into the uh, horrific realm. This is uh, supposed to be equal parts Pleasantville and the Stepford Wives. So hmm. kind of excited to see this or read this. Amy Chase is doing uh, the writing and. Leanna Kagas is doing the art. Hmm. Interesting. John, are you prepared to talk about your book? Uh, yes. Okay, because I see you're looking at your uh, your phone. I wasn't sure if you had it good uh, to go. Yeah. He's so looking what, at another T-shirt. Looking at another T-shirt. Uh, well, my favorite Sandman is Wesley Dobbs Sandman. And we have a new Wesley Dobbs Sandman coming out. <clears throat> Uh, and this is written by Robert Venditti, art by really uh, Riley uh, Rosmo, and uh, Wesley Dobbs. Over years, was testing and experimenting his, to find his perfect sleep gas um, to fight crime with, but somebody has stolen his journal detailing his failed and far more deadly formulas. And now he's going to have a detective story where he has to hunt down the person who stole from him. Um, and then it's going to have a cavalcade of uh, classic JSA characters. Our man, Dr. Fate, Jake Eric Flash, Green Lantern, uh, Alan Scott. <clears throat> um, so hopefully this should be pretty fun and uh, I'm looking forward to it. Hmm. I uh, Sandman Mystery Theater is uh, a favorite of mine and I'm looking forward to this. Nice. Chris. Uh, <clears throat> it might not seem like it, but we are now celebrating the 10 year anniversary of Marvel Comics Superior Spider-Man. And this is when Dr. Octopus had his mind implanted into that of Peter Parker. And that he believed 10 years that he. Ago? Yes. He believed he could be the better Spider-Man, the superior Spider-Man, if you will. And to celebrate, Marvel is putting out a one-shot, 44 pages, The Superior Spider-Man Returns, number one. Uh, almost like an anthology-style book, it looks like, because it's being written by uh, Dan Slott and Christos Gage, with art by Brian Stegman, Mark Bagley, Humberto Ramos, Giuseppe Camicoli. Uh, so kind of like a, a hit list of great Spider-Man artists all on this. Um, all together to tell the superior Spider-Man story. I loved this run, and this came out and really got me into Spider-Man again after being kind of a lapsed Spider-Man fan and only checking out the like the Spider-Man crossovers that I still really enjoy to this day. But this was the only time that I 
<clears throat> actively bought and was looking forward to Spider-Man because it was such a fresh take on the character and it, it just worked so well. Uh, so I'm glad to see, you know, Marvel coming back to it uh, for the special, special event. Cool. Yeah, that's fun. So you I enjoyed me that the uh, incredible, what was the Iron Man, but it's uh, Dr. Doom is Iron Man. Oh, that one. I don't know. Is that a thing? No, that sounds like it was a thing. It's yeah. okay. I don't know. Yeah, that, don't it was know. like 12 years ago. <laughs> I feel like it was more yeah, recent. That, I don't think that was, think it, it was, was that like five years ago. It was, like three, it was like three years ago. <laughs> that was, who cares? Uh, you do, apparently, because you brought it up. So what were you going to say about it, Paul? Oh, I, I'm just going to say, like, yeah, I, w- I don't, I have no idea what time is anymore, apparently, because I was thinking that happened just recently. But next year you're going to tell me. That happened like eight years ago. Uh, that was the infamous Iron Man, and that was in the wake of Civil War Two. So that was around when Civil War Two, the happened. Marvel movie, came. Uh, Twenty sixteen. So a lot longer ago than I expected. It because it's seven seemed, years ago. Seven years ago. Yeah, it seemed seemed more Wait. recent. <laughs> Time, man. Time wibbly wobbly. Time. I mean, why me? And now, a dramatic reading from King Spawn number 20, panel one, page 21. Dad? To be continued. Mm. And that was the dramatic reading from King Spawn number 20, panel one, page. 21. I, I believe you forgot a caption on the bottom there. Uh, maybe you weren't fucking listening, Paul, because he said to be continued. Oh. Paul was just too busy uh, <clears throat> looking <He's>... at Trump <laughs> t-shirts on that website. <laughs> I heard the dad. And then he said to be continued, so. Wow, Paul, you're just going to have to watch the dramatic reading when we post that yeah. over on our our instagram sounds good and maybe you should add all of this at the end of it too chris <laughs> no not, i mean the dramatic reading was short but no i'm not <laughs> even though the dramatic readings aren't long it takes a while to get all that stuff edited and put together so that, that will not be happening this is just for <clears throat> podcast listeners only mm. but you know it's uh, just for me oh is it your you? next tall boy my, my next tall boy uh also from heretic like i said the next in their hazy IPA series, this is the Mango Haze. This is a New England-style IPA with mango and lactose, 6.5%. Uh, I was hoping this was going to be better than just the base, uh, whatever it's called, like Maja Haze, Maha Haze. It's it's not, though. Yes, the it does have like a little bit of mango, and I think that lactose does take away some of like that hot bitter that was present in the other one but it doesn't have enough of that mango and i don't like mangoes but i like mango flavored things uh, so i had my hopes up for this one and kind of let, let down by it so i'm not looking forward to my third beer from heretic but the third one's not an ipa so we'll see how that one is but yeah yeah and paul what are we drinking we're drinking king <laughs> julius this is a double. Yeah. Did I pronounce it right? 
Yeah. Uh, double IPA, one pint, 8.4% alcohol by volume. And this is their Julius made a little bit more imperial, uh, made double. And yeah, it, it still delivers that orange pop, that orange zest rind pop, but not as fruitful, not as fruit forward as the regular Julius, uh, which I have drinking a number of. Because, you know, I was supposed to give a four pack to Ed, but, you know, I didn't. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Ed. None for you. I didn't see him during that one, uh, during those weekends uh, that I was going to meet up with him. So, uh, yeah, they got drank. So, yeah, I traded one of uh, <clears throat> the Julius that you gave me away. Okay. Oh, um, uh, someone who I used to work with years ago uh, is now working with me again. And he was with somebody else and the two of us started talking about the um, <clears throat> the jalapeno cream ale from Big Ditch and how good it was because it was it smelled like jalapeno. It had all the taste of a jalapeno, but none of like the over spice to it. So it was mm-hmm. one of those pepper beers that you could drink. Didn't turn your stomach into like a volcano. And he goes, oh, you know what? I mean, I had I bought a bunch of these when I was visiting a friend in Florida. Let me I'll give you one. And it's a strawberry jalapeno like cream ale. Mm-hmm. So I have that. I was going to drink it for the show. I might drink it after this. <clears throat> but uh, I was like, oh. I have uh, I'll give you a Julius. And he's like. Seriously, it's like, yeah, I friend of mine gave me a four pack like I'll, I'll i'll trade you one of those so his friend is an owner of the brewery and he messaged him like hey man you might need to start telling people how good your beer is because i <laughs> traded one of your cans for a julius from treehouse and then he was like uh zek i know what he's doing and he's like yeah he knows what he's doing <laughs> like, oh, i think you ripped him off <laughs> but, if you can't share good beer, yeah, what's the point? And he was going to give me that beer without like me trading yeah. him anything. So <clears throat> glad he got it, Julius. I'll give him a a, a two week old Julius at the time. So far, though, just talking about this, these beers here. If I make my way back to Treehouse, I think the play is just to pick up more Julius. Like yeah, these are so- good. <clears throat> but like in the last time we got beers from that uh, treehouse, we ordered a bunch of different things and I keep on coming back to him being like, eh, I could be drinking to Julius right now. Yeah. I, uh, Julius is really good. I, I, I don't, I don't dislike either of the beers yeah. that we had. I think they're both excellent. They're very similar mouthfeels, very mm-hmm. similar. Kind of that those those hoppy fields. This one's nice because it's got a little more bitterness to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this was a beer that they made for their fourth anniversary that they still bring back every I think anniversary that they do. Um, this is nice. I I really like this beer. Mm-hmm. Um, because I like that little bit of bitterness. I've been swirling it up in my can to get mm-hmm. a lot more of those flavors going. And that bitterness is it's nice because it's not it's. A nice bitter, but it's not like 
resiny bitter, mm-hmm. piney bitter. It's like a bitter that works with those. those it's hops. the orange peel bitter. Yeah. 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 That pithy, the pithy kind of bitter. Pithy. Yeah. I really like this. I definitely would rate this a little higher than the other one. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I'd say maybe this is yeah, the like other a, one a four. I would say that I'd have to give this like a a four two. You know what? I have to give this a five. A five. Five. It's so good, guys. It's so good. So good. Uh, much like all the books we read this month. And we read some books. Guys, we did. We're going to talk about three of the book, three out of the five books we read <laughs> this month. I'm not a very good comic book reader. Okay, so what were the two books that you read that we're not going to talk about? I'm just curious what's. Uh, Wonder you know, Woman and okay. uh, the Prelude, uh, Batman, Catwoman. Oh, okay. Gotham the War. free the free book that you were talking about when I, I jumped on the call. Okay. Exactly. Uh, I really wanted to read. Um, I didn't read it yet, but I bought it. Was the the book that I originally sent you guys to do for the show, which uh, was written by R.L. Stein, which is. Um, <clears throat> It seems like he put himself as the main character, where it's a, a a horror writer who's come back to write something, but when his one of his previous creations is now killing people around, he has to either try to find out who the killer is or whatever. And I think I heard, I heard about this, and then he has to team up with the three sisters from Charmed. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it no, sounded really Ghostbusters movie that came out a little while ago on like <clears throat> produced by Nickelodeon or I don't know, but Jeff Black plays R.L. Stein. Yes. That was like uh, the books open up and all the, the creatures yeah. escape and they have to recapture them in the books. Um, <clears throat> um, but I thought it would be like a fun read, but it turned out to be seven ninety nine, And I was like, well, I'm not going to make the guys buy this. Cause it's not like it's a 50 page book, but it's not like, we don't know if it's going to be good, and I don't. I'm not going to. But make that's you kind of what we go into with for everything. We never. <laughs> yeah, but I'd rather one of us buy I, like buys a book like early in the month, and we're like, oh, this will be my pick, and then we're like, nah, don't worry about it. Um, but I didn't want to make you guys pay seven ninety nine, so I made it pay three ninety nine for a book that wraps up really quick. Yeah, well, let's let's yeah. kick it off then with a uh, hexagon bridge number one, since you're already kind of kind of getting into it. Yeah, <coughs> I, I feel yes. like this can go right into the Flash as well because they're uh, they are very vibes. similar because I read them back to back obviously because I I bought the books and like sat down and read them today before uh, we got into this so yeah I can I can see that weird science. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Hexagon Bridge from Image Comics. Uh, this is uh, written and drawn by uh, Richard Blake, um, and this focuses on two. Um, what is it called when you, uh, I'm going to say cartographers, cartographers. Thank you. Um, the maps. I was going to say topographers and I was like, it's not, it doesn't start with a T. Topography is uh, kind of a different type of cartography. So yeah, it's about yeah. elevations. Yeah. Um, but it's, uh, this husband and wife who, and it's like what, 40, 40 or something, mm-hmm. uh, yes, in, in the, the future. future. And they go across a hexagonal bridge 
and they're there to map out this new world that they found, but they've gone missing. And you kind of see where each of them has kind of gone missing, and there's these robots that are collecting them. And at the same time that that's happening, their daughter, who's back on Earth living with uh, her grandparents for the time, is having visions of them and telling their her grandparents of it. And her grandparents are trying to work out how they can rescue their kids. And that's the book. Because it's it reads really fast. It, it does. And my initial thoughts when I started reading this is like, oh, this is going to be kind of a dense book. Because it, it does seem to be setting itself to be that kind of... I don't want to say dense again, but pseudoscience-y, like, oh, we're going to yeah. throw a lot at you. You, you got to keep up with it. And then it's like, oh, no, it's very stark because I think since it is one person doing the writing and the art, he's letting the art kind of tell more of the story. So it's not mm-hmm. it's not too wordy at all. Like, it's it's a it, gorgeous book. Yeah, it, it looks great. Um, and it it didn't dumb anything down or fill in a bunch of stuff. You can still follow what's going on, even though it's a mystery that you're, you're following with it. The look of the book made me constantly be in, in this like idea. I kind of kept on thinking, especially look at the cover. If you guys look at the cover, you'll see where I'm going with this. I was expecting an infographic at any page turn. And like a whole breakdown, like a, John, like a Jonathan, a Hickman, Jonathan Hickman. Yeah. Well, yeah, because the cover looks like all of his X Men stuff, where it's like, and here's like an info page where it's yeah. someone sending a letter about trash pickup on a Krakoa. Yeah. yeah. I, w- I was expecting an info dump at any moment, and we never got it. It was just panel after panel of silent panels, no, no word balloons, no captions, no nothing, and yeah. that's what made it move. And you have was, like, and you have the chapter breaks where it's like. Jacob, you know, chapter two. Yeah, a whole page. Uh, it's just no. It's more. That. It's actually. It's actually more than that, Paul. The Jacob yeah, thing it, is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven pages, and then it's Adelaide, chapter three, his daughter explaining that she's. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that, but there's seeing all balloons happening. I'm talking about like there's whole pages where there's not a single thing to read. Oh yeah. But it's beautiful art to look at. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to dismiss it, but it makes it a quicker read because I'm like, okay, this I read weird the flash. suburb. I Which read is weird because the flash took this. me forever it's to so read. Dense. Yeah. It's so dense. There's so much to it. Uh-huh. Um but yeah, I was actually I, This is a book I would much rather probably finish reading in a trade because Mm -hmm. one those six issues you could finish in five minutes um but i kind of do want to see where everything does unfold this isn't my this is probably my number three for the for the, the the list picks here but i did enjoy it and i was glad that it did move along after reading the flash that i was like Paul, I had the same thing with you. It was like, how long is this book? <laughs> that was a longer book than it was. Um, but it, it it definitely felt longer than than this. And this, when I finished this, I was like, did I miss? Like, 
Di- I'm reading it digitally. Did pages stick together? Like, what happened? Because <laughs> uh, it did move along nicely. And I think the book looks great. It How... fits. It fits the tone that he's going for, which he's telling the story. He's envisioning the story, and he's able to visually show you. And I think it works. Uh, how, do you know how long the series is going to be? Because it seems something like it would be like a mini series or a limited series. Like I feel like I think just with it, this first issue, it does seem like there's like a an end point in mind. It is a mini series, but I do like the cover of the next um, the next issue is a, a woman walking with a polar bear strapped to her back. He's kind of revving it. It's kind of a cool image. Um, but I think it's like um, it's uh, a five issue. Okay. Yeah, miniseries. Which I'm glad that it's not an ongoing series. Uh, but we've talked a little bit about it, Paul. Why don't you introduce your book? Yeah, this is written by Simon Spurrier, and this is The Flash, number one. Uh, this is from the Dawn of DC. Or what is it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah Dawn, Dawn of DC. DC. And uh, uh, Mike. Diodato Jr. is doing the art. And then we're racing into a new era, guys. And the new era is a lot of captions and a lot of word balloons it and is. a lot of science. Yeah. Because th- I really feel like Simon Spear is trying to create a story that explains what the Speed Force is. And I think, I don't know, as a fan of The Flash, the Speed Force is better left as the speed force it's its own thing like it, it does what I it does hate it when they tried to make the strong force and the other you know they tried to make everything a force for a little while there and i thought it was awful don't try to overly define everything i under the one thing that i enjoyed i'm sorry john i i will no, get, no go ahead get finish your, your finish your thing i did love the idea that Barry Allen generated the speed force. Like he created the, you know, there was something that happens and he breaks through and his running actually generates like the energy that eventually, you know, expands and becomes speed force. Like I, I like that. Like you you are the engine, like the speedsters are this energy of this force and it just trickles out. Um, I do like that. Even that he's trying to define it, but he's still like Mr. Terrific's like, eh, it's unmappable. It's like it's purposely trying to fuck with me. <laughs> and even Barry's like, eh, sometimes it works like you, it flows and it feels like just wind blowing through your hair. And sometimes I punch something and my hand hurts like <laughs> it, it shouldn't hurt this time, but it does. And it keeps hurting. Like I liked all of that stuff where it's trying to define something. But I think they're they're trying to define it, but let you know that it's undefinable. Mm-hmm. Which and is annoying. There's something that is there's something that is else in the speed force or is being drawn to the speed force that is going to be like these these villains. But yeah, I, the the creatures that live within the microseconds of the things and have been trying to escape the uncoiled. Yeah, I do like uh, really Grodd is trying to examine all this stuff, too, because he's yeah. like apparently he's like 
on the same page as Mr. Terrific. He's like, oh, something's going on here. Something's going on. I got to we got to stop it. I enjoyed this book. I think I'm just happy to have the West family back. And to have Wally West back. And I did enjoy this and where Wally is in his life. The last page, though, when the uncoiled is shown and it's full of needles and stuff. That was the part that kind of took me out of this book. See What, what took me out of it is as I was going through, it's like, oh, this feels like a fantastic four book. So I was like, Paul's probably enjoying this, but yeah. because it's all of that dense pseudoscience where it's trying to build something out of what's always been nothing. And then I was going through like on panel view, cause I read this one on my phone, mm-hmm. looking at it now, like page to page. I'm like, Oh my gosh, like, this book is, it felt dense as I was reading it. And I did have a big, dinner so i did take a nap halfway through reading this but now that i'm going back through i'm like no maybe it wasn't the dinner to blame maybe it was just me going through reading this i was like i need a break like my brain needed a reset well the panel to panel view there is the time where he's hanging out with uh linda and there's the two panels that are just text yeah which really slowed it down yeah this and that's how those I was looking the, for in my flash the, books, uh, though. Phil, like, they're filling in you, filling you in on everything that's happened. Um, I do like the panel layouts. I thought mm-hmm. they're kind of fun, and they have a. They really give you a feel of movement. It's a very te- te- almost like Tetris, like where it's not quite a grid. You got like weird polyominoes, like as the border. To break things up. For me, all of the panels just made it feel more, not even condensed, but more crammed together and just much more than it needed to be. Like, even back at the beginning with uh, Barton, Max Mercury, like there's, it's like the third page in where Max and Bart are just sitting there in the desert and Start saying, oh, you're saying something's messing with the speed force. And then it's Max's internal dialogue. Like, that could have been all just one panel. But the fact that it's broken into, like, six separate ones with one, two, three, four word balloon or caption boxes through it, that makes it feel very stuttered to me. And that's not what I'm looking for in my Flash comic book. Like, to kind of go back to what we said before we started recording, like it light and breezy like keep keep it moving and there's so much caption so much word balloon that i feel like i'm constantly stopping and it really didn't work for me and also it does this thing where you're used to your comic balloons being mostly capitalized there's a lot of lowercase in this because it's supposed to be people like talking to the side and that just really took it out of me because it's like every word balloon has someone saying oh and then i wrote, i shouldn't say this out loud but i'm saying this to you and that also made it feel very staggered and like stuttered to me would it have been better is thought balloons no because i i don't like that as well but it just i don't know something about the layouts of all of it it just it really took me out of it okay even like 
Wally in a whatever office building he's in right now. The Trificor. Trificor. I was so afraid John was going to pick a panel from this to make me hate because I was like, <laughs> unless it's the panel with like the three nerds that Wally's talking to, like I feel like all of this is just word vomit. There was a lot about the mapping of the multiverse, and I'm like, okay, we don't need to really spend time here, because this is just them having fun, I guess? I saw this as more of a setup book, and I think if the next issue was as big... It's terrific tech, sorry. Um, that yes, I'd probably, I probably would drop off. So I'm hoping this, this is just the setup. They're letting you know everything's going on. Wally West has been gone for years. Here's what's happening. He's got a new child. Tro- he's got a new baby. Um, I did. I did enjoy this, but I think maybe I'm just starved for Wally West. Yeah. And then I, I'm I'm happy with my Titans or my uh, world's world's finest Teen Titans. For my Wally West picks, I think, because th- this ain't it for me. I I don't like Linda Park West being the suffering wife, at, like stuck at home. She's not. Well, I guess like I guess I could be doing some stories, but I'm just so tired because I have this baby. I don't know. Well, yeah. no, uh, she was more. It's more of she just was. She had this because mm-hmm. of the baby has the speed force. She had the speed force. That now it's like anyone who has, like, you have a superpower and then you lose it. You're kind of looking for that. Now she's, like, looking at a whole family that are having so much going on in in one second where she's just living every second and not being able to move fast. She said, like, I'm a statue. I wrote I wrote six books like mm-hmm. I did this I did this I did all these things with the speed force and now I don't have it anymore and I think that's like what she's depressed about yeah in postpartum depression she's gonna kill the baby is what you're saying yes that's getting and real dark steal and steal the speed force from everyone she's cicada what is it Cicada? Doesn't Cicada steal the speed force from people? Or kill oh, speedsters? Was that in that Flash show? It was in the show, but it was also in, I think it was also in the comics. I don't know. Okay. I don't well, know. If Mark, what do you if know Mark about? Wade and Jeff Johns didn't write it, I, I'd probably do <laughs> what, what do you know about, Chris? He knows uh, about picking good books for the list. I, yeah. I was going to ask if you guys had oh. another beer you were going to get into before we do our final, because... I did have a third beer, but since we're kind of going through this pretty quick, I don't know if I'm going to get to it, but I don't know if you have one. Yeah, I can you go guys... get one. And I already teased this about what I trade. I traded this for uh, Julius, but from unrefined, unrefined brewing, I have their Mexican candy. And uh, a correction to what I said when it was a cream ale, but this is a California common with jalapeno and strawberry. And on the nose, you can smell that jalapeno. And taste-wise, I'm going to take another sip. Is this a play on the uh, thing that I've been seeing online recently, the uh, cowboy candy, which is jalapenos, like, 
and people are doing stuff something to them i haven't like seen maybe, that i'm like i'm curious though putting in sugar like a sugar syrup and then jarring them jarring it i don't know i haven't seen that um look up cowboy candy people i'm looking at it now yeah. go ahead and talk about your beer while oh. chris and i look about <laughs> yeah because um cowboy candy candied jalapenos it's basically just sliced jalapenos that are kind of like pan fried it looks like in a simple syrup mm. interesting look up mexican candy does it have anything to do with jalapenos and strawberries i'm already looking up this i i, I can't look up anything else uh no it just gives me a uh, link to buy a bunch of mexican candy from amazon Oh. Yeah. Um, Homemade cam- uh, cowboy candy, jalapenos, sugar, apple cider vinegar, and then seasonings like chili powder, turmeric, ginger, others. Use your favorite. Celery seed and garlic are also popular. Uh, but this is um, from Tarpon Springs, Florida. Chris, I think this is over in the Tampa area. Um, but I, Chris, I know you enjoy jalapenos. I do. I'm, I'm looking up a cowboy candy recipes right now because I, I have um, all this stuff in my kitchen. I can just do this tonight. But I would uh, try to find this brewery. Like, uh, what was this it called again? Uh, unrefined Brewing. Okay. Um, but their Mexican candy here, Chris, I believe uh, you're going to really like. I believe the guy who's one of the owners is from... Uh, is from uh, the Buffalo area who moved down there um, because the guy who gave me this is friends with him um, from their college days. But this is really, really good. And um, I would like to try other stuff from them because this is delicious. And um, Brandon, thank you for uh, giving me this. But this is really good. So look, I just looked them up, and they are Tarpon Springs, Florida. Their brewery looks like it's just someone's house. So it almost has it almost has that like original uh, CBW feel to it, where it's just like, right. is is it's this the brewery? But then you see like there's a sign, garage. there's a sign out front, and there's like a picnic table, and there's people drinking. So yeah, interesting. Uh, yeah, this it's really good. Uh, I I really like this. Uh, our story in 2019, we took a trip to New Orleans to celebrate a 40th birthday during Mardi Gras. We came home with a brewery in Tarpon Springs, Florida. We stayed at an old French Quarter firehouse and officially signed on for what would become the Underfined Brewing at Avenue Pub. Hmm. Interesting. Anyways, uh, yeah, I have a third beer. Uh, also, again, from Heretic Brewing out of fairfield california and this is their tangerine tornado which sounds like a riffraff album for the three people that might get that reference uh it's a blonde ale with tangerine surprisingly this is bigger than the two hazy ipas that i had at nine percent uh again stovepipe can nine percent and it hides it well because yes blonde ale with tangerine it's definitely hitting both those notes i do not know where this nine percent's coming from i bought all these as single cans i think they're like 5.99 at my my beer store uh i think this is this is the money maker here like you take your 5.99 and you buy one of these and you're set because that's that's dangerous like that's 
It's one of those nine percents where you don't know where it's coming from, I've, but it's definitely coming for you. And since it's a blonde, like it's much more approachable than the IPAs. Like it's just very drinkable, and that nine percent definitely gonna sneak up on you. Which I'm glad I didn't finish my other two, so I can probably wind up cranking this down for the rest of the night while uh, we record the last bit of this, and then I play games or something. But wow, this this is a winner because man. I don't know where that nine percent is going to be, and that's what's that's what's dangerous about it. Well, as long as you don't go into the basement or go into the attic, hiding from that nine percent, you'll be okay. Horror movie uh, style. Okay, I was going to say I didn't know if that was a direct reference to something else, no. No. but also hidden dangers that you don't know about. It's going to lead us into Birds of Prey number one. Uh, this one being written by Kelly Thompson, art by Leonardo Romero. Uh, this is basically a getting the team together issue. Literally, like, every three pages is Black Canary recruiting another member for her team to go on a, quote-unquote, suicide mission that she's not letting them know about until they just sign on for it. But it's to get her sister Sin back. And we'll find out from where at the very end of the book. Uh, I My relationship with Black Canary is very tenuous. So I have probably heard of or seen her like adopted sister before, but maybe just don't remember it. But I like the fact that they make it so like every other character in this book is like, oh, yeah, okay. Oh, it's for Sin? Sign me up. Because I'm like, all right, well, by proxy, I guess now I kind of have to care because... Yeah, Big Barda cares. Yeah, if like, Big Barda cares, then he gotta care. Harley uh, Quinn cares. Har- I like Harley Quinn's like, oh no, like I got a thing for like kids that are in bad situations. Mm-hmm. Like, of course I'm gonna help you out. Um, I really enjoyed this book. I went to my comic book store today. Yes, a day before comic books came out because I didn't get to go last week and pick up my books, and I was happy to see issue number two already came out was on the shelf, so I could grab that so i'll be reading that tonight after we finish recording this episode because i really liked this book and i think a lot of it is because it starts off exactly how how you grab chris in a book mm-hmm. where it's oliver queen in bed in, <laughs> yes all right exactly exactly hey, that paul's got voldemort but, chris has got green air i got Alyssa milano as a mermaid <laughs> <laughs> but no, he, he's talking to Black Canary, and it's like, hey, you, if you're gonna do this, you gotta get someone that you can trust. You gotta, you, and you can't, you can't get Barbara, who who's someone they can do, and it's just like Cassandra Kane, it's just Cassie taking apart like a bunch of ninja assassins, and she's like, oh, I guess I could help her out. Can I and go I, back to this moment real quick? Yes, because he's like, oh yeah, you got a solid team, you got a great team. The team's two other people at this point. They're heavy hitters, though. <laughs> the team is Big Barda and this person from Wildstorm, Zealot. No, it's uh, yeah. it's Cassandra Kane. Like, no. At that point, they're discussing who the she can get, and that's when they come up with that third person, Cassandra Kane. They're like, "Oh, you got a great team. You, you, you got a solid team. You got a team that will make people." you know, poop their pants. The team's three people. Because <laughs> they're discussing it, and they're like, oh, yeah. 
Cassandra Kane would be a good addition. And then later on, they're like, we need a fifth. So their list is two people. It's a two-person list. Well, her list is tons of names crossed off. Yeah. And he's telling her to have Barda he, on her team. He needs, you need to get one more person. Somebody that has your back. No, he's not telling her to get Barda on it. Barda's already no. on the team. They decide at that point to get Cassandra Kane on the team. Somebody that she trusts 100%. Bart is not on the team because she sends Cassandra Kane to yeah, go Cassie get Bart. Together. There's nobody, when they're talking, mm-hmm. she has a list of people whose all their names are crossed out. Right. And he's telling her that yeah. she needs Barda. Oh, it's Barda that he tells her that he needs? Not. No, he's he's not telling her to get anybody. He's like, who do you trust? Like, Mm-hmm. Because you and can't go when, to any of these other people. And she goes to get Cassie. Yeah, Cassie's the person that she's going to go get. And then Cassie goes to get Big Barda. Because Black Canary tells her to go get Big Barda. And that's going to yeah, be but, the next person on the team, the fourth. There's no, there's no team yet. <laughs> yeah, when they're talking, they don't have a team. When they're talking, he's saying that you got a team together, you got a list that will make people poop their pants. Yeah, she has a list, but she doesn't have any of those people on the team. You can see the names that she has crossed yeah, off because it's not, none of those people she actually gets. Mm-hmm. I'm under the understanding that they have discussed the people that she's going to get. And the people that she's going to get are Big Barda and Zelda. And he's like, hey. But the first person she gets is Cassandra Crane. Because they're talking about it in bed. And he's like, you need somebody <laughs> that will watch your back. And that's going to be Cassandra Kane. And she's like, yeah, that makes sense. I'm going to get Cassandra Kane. Or she comes up with Cassandra Kane. He's like, yes, do that. She'll have your back. What I think, okay. I really, I really like this book, but now that we're starting to nitpick things, I like that she's like, I need you to go get Big Barda because I got to go get this other player. And no, Zelda's no. already getting ready. She's already agreed. She's already ready. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah, let's go. Like, she didn't even need to stop by. She could just, like, show up here. She didn't need to go she, pick her she up. She could have sent a Facebook event message being like, hey. Go save Sin. Uh, the <laughs> one day. thing, too, I was like, she's back in bed with Oliver Queen? <laughs> hair in her, in the, 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 the blonde hair, like on both of them. And then it's like, she got a haircut? Oh, it's Zealot. I forgot Zealot was in this book. I didn't know who it was until they mentioned it. And I was like, wait, who's well, in bed with this person? Because I knew Zealot was... I knew Zelda was going to uh, be in this book because of solicitations and, like, the covers. I, I have the actual physical issue, so I have the, the big Barda, Stanley Lau nice. cover because it, it was it's really cool looking. Uh, but when they first show her getting dressed, I thought it was Katana. Because when they show her in the armor, that looks exactly like Katana's. But then you have, like, the Zealot stripes on her cheeks. And I'm like, oh, okay, never mind that Zealot. I thought Katana just dyed her hair or... Maybe now she's wearing a wig 
like Blackbeard Marine. I, I still don't know who Zealot is. It's a Wildstorm. Yeah, yeah, I Wild only Storm. know it's Zealot because Wildcats. they say it, and I know it's Grifter <clears throat> because she says, Brawl Canary says Grifter, and she says Canary. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. Cool. Uh, I enjoyed the story of the book. I enjoyed the team members of the book. But the art and colorist made this book for me. And why? Because it reminds me of my favorite books Hawkeye. from Marvel Comics. Like Hawkeye, Daredevil. That kind of yeah. like undersaturated, pulpy look. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I got to throw back to the 70s. Love Maybe it. 80s, early 80s. Uh, uh, no, as, I... soon as, as soon as I, I like that first page, I was like, I'm going to love this book. Just because yeah. of the art and color. I definitely agree. And again, right from the get-go, you bring in Cassandra Kane. Like, I'm I'm on board. And I don't care about the Zealot stuff so much, but the big Barda stuff was fun with them fighting fighting vampires. And then it's when Cassie is trying to tell the story about how she was trying to fight Harley, but just, just couldn't get the read on her. And at the end, it's like, you're terrible at telling stories. Like, you're a good fighter, but maybe maybe don't tell stories. You didn't even say any words during that. You're you're fine. I also love that she calls her small bat. Mm-hmm. I was a little hit, hit or miss on the whole Big Barda, like, little bat. Like, she's talking as oh, as if she's, like, some sort of, like, weird D&D, like, barbarian. I think they're trying not... to make, yeah, they're trying to make her kind of the, um, uh, uh, from Guardians of the Galaxy, Groot, like yeah, not Groot, like uh, Drax, Drax, Drax yeah. kind of character. But I, I, I like all the stuff that she does in it because it's it is that stuff like, hey, you took a hit from me and uh, you're not dead. <laughs> you're great so, at killing vampires. Yeah, and also like, hey, you're bad at telling stories, but you're you're you have other strengths like putting men in comas and being quiet. Like, I I like those little moments. And I'm a I'm a Barda fan. I do love Big Barda. I love uh, Mr. Miracle. Um, so, like, like, she's one of the selling points of this. I don't care about Zealot. Yeah. Uh, I do. I do enjoy the Harley Quinn kind of stuff in it because it is kind of fun. It is kind of like, oh, I'll change stuff around. I'm flexible. And she's doing like cartwheels and stuff and nobody cares. Mm-hmm. And she's cracking all these jokes and nobody cares because these are all like the complete opposite. They're all like stoic warriors. And then they got this goofy, crazy person on the team. And I like I, I like it. I do kind of enjoy I feel like they're drawing her like Margot Robbie as well. Uh, yeah. But I like this. I, I I love this book. Like, I'm I'm here. I'm down. I will continue reading this book. Yeah, I I really dug this one a lot, um, especially because you know Backrolls is over now. Uh, I'm I'm thankful to be getting some Cassie Kane. And also, nice surprise. I mean, spoilers always for all of these books. Uh, maps from Gotham Academy, the book that came out like ten years ago from the future is back in like the present day and uh, leading the team to get cast uh, uh, Canary Sisterson off of Themyscira, who's being taken by the Amazon. So yeah, of course she's going to need a team of heavy hitters. Yeah. 
Those are these are all that. people. They're all people that you would take minus Harley Quinn to go fight the Amazons. Um, I didn't know who that character was, so thank you for saying like where she's from, Chris. Because now I'm like, oh, okay. I read the first couple issues of that series. Yeah, that was. I dug that, and I, I think it was just coming at a time where I was buying and reading so much other stuff, it kind of fell off the radar. But yeah, she I, I like that call. Meridian, though. Meridian. She does. <laughs> so, Paul. Chris. What made you think that everybody was already on the team before the beginning here? No, no. I feel like she had written down, like, she was discussing with Green Arrow who she wanted to have on the team. And that would have been two people. Because the other two people were added, we, we see them get, like, thought of and added on during the situation. Chris, did you see that Boy Meets World shirt? I did. <laughs> that's that's what I thought was weird. I'm like, okay, wait, it's getting the team together, but not real. Well, it is, but why are they discussing like they have this really solid team and they just need one more person? And then she's well, like, wait, we need a fifth. They don't. They don't have a team. Like he's actually talking about like you need to put a team together. You have a good list. Yeah. But who who are you gonna get? So I must have missed that because I'm like, wait a second. There, he's talking about the the team he she has together, or or the list that she has would make people poop their pants in the street. And I'm like, but you need some. And he's like, you need to find one person that will like watch your back because you don't have that. And I really need you to have that. Hmm. He's like, and okay, I see. You were talking to Barbara. Barbara doesn't want to be part of the team. If she was on the team, I'd feel a lot better. But she can't know about this team? Okay. He doesn't like it. He doesn't like it. Yeah, so she has ideas. So I think at that point she still has a list because there's the panel where Kennery's telling Cassie, like, hey, like, we need to track down these people i'm gonna have to send you after someone because it's literally cassie that goes to get barda and tells her like oh like dinah asked me to tell you that it's for sin and then that's when barda's like okay yes like i'm on board so barda didn't even know about this it seemed like barda was on the list before cassie was it seems like um not handle Zealot was on the list before Harlequin and also Cassandra was because Harle because we see the impetus of both Cassandra Kane and Harlequin. I think if you're going to go book. up against the Amazons, two of the people you would 100% want are Wonder Woman and Big Barda. Is Big Barda and probably Zealot, who's another warrior woman. Like, those are the two people that are going to be, like, the muscle of your team. And then another fighter and knockout. somebody who... who Knockout. Uh, just Suicide Squad, or uh, Secret Six, you know. Uh, does she exist in this? I don't know. And then so it would be another person anymore. who is... You're going to have... If you're 
if you're going to, you at least need two people who are Birds of Prey members. So bringing in Cassandra Cain mm-hmm. is a given. You want another a warrior, a fighter. So you have that four. You need a fifth. So they bring in Harley Quinn, who is a Gothamite, who would be if Harley Quinn back in the day when um, Birds of Prey was a thing, like she would have been if she was like the character she is now, she would have been on that team or showed up and been on adventures with those characters because in the birds, like the DC Birds of Prey movie, like they form that team of those Birds of Prey characters around Harley Quinn in that. So Harley Quinn is kind of like a given. She's sad to say she's kind of that Deadpool character. She's that character that is kind of, you want to sell books, put her on your team. I like, I like the team. I think it's a smart team to put together to fight the Amazons to go there and do that. You have these other warrior women who, Maybe you show up with these people and you don't have to have a fight because they're all respected warriors on their own. I like the team. I think we're dwelling on a weird subject that we all got on. That I was just confused because I didn't. I just didn't read it that way at all. Um, <laughs> well, probably because I quick quickly like, oh, these are a bunch of names that are crossed out. Okay, move on. Like you I know, didn't... I reread that first page too and. They're saying Barbara, and for some reason I wrote it, read it as uh, um, Barda. Mm. But the list that's crossed out, we have Barbara, Vixen. Then I, I don't know it. There are a lot of is. unlegible names. Yeah, me. It's something Char, Huntress, Shiva. Charmander. Yeah, Charmander. Uh, then Selena, Catwoman. Talia, Agula, uh, Cheshire. Yeah. Then Jinx. It looks maybe? like it says Jinx or something like that. Yeah. And then Katana's name yeah. is actually crossed off under the thumb. Yeah. There. Santana, Black. They something. got an Air Bud T-shirt. Uh, and then Fire and <laughs> I saw Ice. Saw that one. <laughs> so Manhunter is one of them as well. Okay. I couldn't tell what that one was because I was thinking it was like Martian Manhunter, but I'm like, no, that doesn't make sense because it's all women. Kate Bishop. Kate Bishop. Uh, no. Is it Kate Bishop? No, Kate, Kate Bishop's Marvel. Yeah, but Kate Spencer. Oh, yeah, that, that Manhunter, who I wish they would bring back. I really love that series a lot. But yeah, I, Those are I the really ones enjoyed that are this book. Is um, there anybody on that list that you would... That you would rather who would you swap katana i i do not care about zealot at all yeah. if they had katana on the team i feel like that would is katana be better oh, and I, yeah. yeah she's on there i feel like I mean, katana would be a better fit for this team because it's you no know, gotham adjacent like she's always been present in like the outsiders and things like that i feel like it was probably more of an editorial thing i was like no we bring in bring in one of the the Wildstorm people were still trying to make them relevant. Uh, we can't seem to make these square pegs fit in these round holes. John, is there a swap out that you'd want? 
Uh, I would probably do the same thing. I like when I first saw the cover for this, I thought it was Katana. Yeah, as it, well. It, it like she just makes sense. It just makes sense. She's a DC character. She's a like a Bat Family book because she was one of the people handpicked for Batman's Outsiders. You know, like <laughs> she definitely works in this and like i could see uh the writer kelly uh um thompson thompson thank you um i could see her going in and it being like katana and then being like eh, why don't we just make it a zealot and like okay i'll take all of her dialogue and give it to somebody else like because you are, it's a lot. It's two stoic characters with Barda and Zealot. Mm-hmm. Katana, you know, can definitely go the same way. I feel like Katana pops up a lot in the um, DC Girls, like those uh, DC Girls high school books, um, whatever that team is called. I've, I've been reading a lot of those with my son. They're fun books. Katana's in that a lot, and she's like the little kind of like a moody girl in that. But I feel weird that like those books are like mixing in with my regular comic book knowledge. That it's like skewing, <laughs> skewing stuff. I just hate that anytime I think about Katana now, I think back to the uh, 2016 Birds of Prey movie where they spend so long introducing all of the characters that they're getting onto the Suicide Squad. And then when they're sitting on the helicopter, Katana just walks in and then Rick Flagg's like, that's Katana. She'll kill you if you look at her wrong. And it's like, oh, that's the introduction we're getting for this character, I guess. Okay, cool. We're on our mission now. Yeah, that, that Suicide that, Squad that movie is so good. bad. Did you watch it? Oh, I I watched it. I don't remember what was like the impetus for it, but I was like, oh, I'm going to. I think it's because we want to watch Birds of Prey. And I was like, okay, well, I should probably watch Suicide Squad because it's not like a sequel to that, but it's the same Harley Quinn. Or maybe it was, it might have been because we were going to watch the Suicide Squad. And I was like, okay, well, I need to watch the first Suicide one? Squad, and then I need to watch Birds of Prey, and then I can... Oh, it's so bad. It's that not, first Suicide it's Squad movie is so bad. There, were, there is rumors that they may give uh, Iyer his director's cut of that movie. I, was like, uh, I I don't know how, how that could be redeemed because so much of that movie just hey, spoilers and a uh, surprise movie fix for a movie that came out like almost uh, eight years ago that we never talked about because we didn't see it when it came out. Still haven't I seen feel it. like the bones could have were there to make that like a better version, but so much of that movie seemed to be like, okay, people liked Guardians of the Galaxy. How can we reconfigure this to be like that with like the needle drops, like weird forced in like, oh, we're all sitting at a bar. Let's talk about our trauma. Hey, now we're a family. Let's let's go fight Enchantress like thing where it just yeah nothing. It didn't seem earned. It felt forced. Yes. Well, the thing is too is like they didn't give David Ayer any time to write a script. And then he was constantly rewriting and then they were constantly giving him notes. So he was constantly like rewriting and he was filming stuff city that he wrote. 
and then getting notes and then refilming stuff. They said that he filmed enough Joker stuff to make its own movie. Like, well, I believe it too, just based off of how everyone had something to say about Jared Leto's Joker in it. And even like the behind the scenes stuff, it seemed like there was a lot more than like the three seconds they would show of him in a scene. Like, it seemed like there was more stuff there to flesh things out, but not great. Anyways, power rankings for the September books. Um, I think I would do Birds of Prey, Flash, and then uh, Hexagonal Bridge. Paul agrees. I agree. Really? Yeah. I like putting a team together, even though I was a little confused because it seemed... Like the team was already together? No, I wasn't confused. You know what I I was confused about? Where the hell does Oliver Queen get away with having such nice plaid pajama pants? (laughs) Those look computer graphically painted on. That doesn't bother me at all. That's fine. I would prefer like like a template, like just copy paste it in with the coloring, then someone trying to like draw a plaid because it gets the point across and it works well. Um, Sure. My, my rankings, well. uh, Birds of Prey, and then I went Hexagon Bridge, and then Flash. I think Hexagon Bridge had, like, an interesting hook that I wouldn't mind reading the rest of it. I didn't talk about this when we were actually discussing the book. It kind of reminded me of last month's book, The Call, where it's people going into alternate dimension to find somebody. Hexagon Bridge more sci-fi, with Call being more, like, fantasy-based. Or- well, yeah, horror. Um, Call number two is really good, too, because we picked that one up to oh. read it. I really, really dug that. Uh, but, Paul, I did want to ask you, you originally had Wonder Woman yes. on your list. I bounced off of it a few times. Like, I kept on picking it up, trying to read it. There were just issues. I talked about it with John before the show, um, just with the pacing of the book. And how it was written. There's things that I don't like about uh, it. Some comic book tropes that I don't like. A narrator describing what is happening in the scene. And I don't know who the narrator is. Hmm. Don't like it. Cutting away to a bunch of news reporters. Talking, you know, as, you know, as if I was like flipping through the stations to a bunch of news scene, uh, different news channels. Mm -hmm. Talking about what has just happened and also heavy handledly ham-fisting, like, issues that are going on now in those new scenes that that I I picked up the book, started reading it three different times. It took me the fourth time to actually get through it. Mm. So that's I, why I decided to go with The Flash instead. And it was tough because I'm like, The Flash is a meaty read, but at least I read it. Like, when I first sat down to read it, gotcha. I got through it. Wonder Woman, I bounced. So, so with having read Wonder Woman, does anything in Birds of Prey kind of make make more sense? Or it, can you see, like, a through line where they're making something happen with Themyscira? Because I think there's, like, an Amazon's Attack book coming out in a month or two, like, to tie into something that's happening with the Amazons. No. Do you, do you see like a through line, or like do you see with something that they're building towards? Because okay. because this seems completely different. Like this 
Wonder Woman seemed like America versus the Amazons versus the Mascara. Like they're just using this. The Wonder Woman definitely made it feel like it was like, hey, this happened. We're now using it as an excuse to go after the Mascara because, you know, this is a man's world and we're going to be men and we're going to protect men's spot, you know, because mm-hmm. there's even the interview with a guy and he's talking about replacement and I'm like, oh, gosh. The, the men's it. spot, which is the prostate. Correct. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Such a dick. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the other men's spot. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Paul, that's a good one. Delicious. That's how you yes and. Um, um, oh, I had something I was going to ask. And I, was I it your uh, best deference? Uh, don't have it anymore. Ayo. Uh, it's it's gone. Anyways. Yeah. We're talking. They <laughs> had it removed. Um, I don't. Uh, I don't know. I'm like more than halfway through this nine percent beer. I want to keep talking about stuff, but I don't think I have anything else to ask then, because there was something, but it it flew out of my mind. I'll probably remember it like after we wrap up, but. I enjoyed all these books and not like I, I don't I didn't have a bad book this this month. I would pick up number two of all of these. I and didn't Brit, like and, the flash, but I don't think it was bad. I think it's just not what I like out of a flash book. Like I and I like I would, my flash being like fun, like more family oriented. Like, But also, I don't care enough about the kids for that, like where they cut to the school like that just didn't. Actually, I, I like that, that because I, there was that creepy, like, little shadow thing. I don't like, I don't like how But I kind of liked Flash, Flash's daughter being best friends with Animal Man's daughter. Yeah. I, I liked that. <laughs> I, I did like Irie, like, trying to use words that she didn't know and couldn't spell. So then she's just like, oh, we'll talk about it later kind of thing in the in the book. It's It's charming, but... I I just I just want to I just want another I want to I want a flash book. Well, I think this is something that we can kind of talk about, too, with the Dawn of DC stuff. So, hey, I get to keep talking to my friends about comic books. I mean, Paul, spoilers for your pick for next week's The List. You're going to yep. be picking the Jay Garrick. It's not a the spoiler. Flash we book. talked about it an hour ago. Yeah, but it wasn't on the actual. Uh, the it's list for the this podcast. episode. No. Did he say it? Oh, yeah, he oh right, it. right, right. We didn't. But, oh, right. Because right, those are the right. books for the 18th. We did the books for the, the 11th. Oh, uh, the 18th is next week. But yeah. then there's also like the Speed Force book that's coming out. I think there's another book, too, like a Bart Allen Max Mercury book. I think we're going to see a bigger focus on the Flash family coming out of this. Which they should have done years ago. Like they, well, they had thing, the Flash family previous to getting rid of the flash family and just doing bart allen with the new 50, or uh barry allen with the new 52 like they were already a family that it made sense to but then they they broke it all down because they did that uh oh like was a flashpoint that kind of yeah flashpoint reset everything mm-hmm. but they're kind of doing the same thing over with green lantern too because we do have the Green Lantern book, but they also just launched the 
Green Lantern War Journal with John Stewart. Yeah, the John Stewart. But then there's also an Alan Scott Green Lantern book coming out in like a month or two as well. So I like no, them. For a couple weeks. It's at the end. Of oh, the is it? Okay. Yeah. I'm, well, it's so I'll bizarre. Is like up. it's the all the, because the Alan Scott and also Jay Garrick are spinning off of the uh, Star Girl uh, Lost yes. Generation books. And also the uh, Huntress. Huntress. Yeah, JSA. 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 I didn't keep up on because I like Huntress, but I didn't like that book. That book. Um, there's also going to be, they're reprinting issues one through three, calling it just Society, the Golden Edition or something like that. And it's going to be issues one through three of that Huntress JSA. Well, it's so bizarre. Like, New 52, get rid of the history and the legacy of these characters. And then now... 10 years later, they're like, uh, you know what we're missing? It's a thing we had before. A legacy. But that's always DC. DC it's like, oh, there's too much John, legacy. Dawn of the New Age. Bring all the legacy back. Because that was what that's what made me a DC fan was all of those things. It was Jay Garrick being a character in the flash is a mentor because he no longer has Barry. It's like all of these, all of those, those characters and having those history and, uh, you know, it, (sighs) Superman learned how to become a superhero from somebody. It wasn't that he just woke up someday, one day. And it's like, I'm Superman and I'm going to be super. I'm wallet wildcat. I really don't, do too much superheroing anymore but i teach everyone on this team how to be fighters yeah how to survive a fight yeah i'm I'm gonna have to pick up this speed force book uh comes out january but is it written by by, joshua williamson because uh, he makes a lot of good books art by or i'm sorry written by Jarrett williams but the art by uh Daniel DiNiculo, who did Seven Secrets, which I really, really oh, loved. Yeah, that would be good. And he, he, he did the Night Terrors Nightwing book, and I was like, get that man on Nightwing now. Like, I, I love an energetic book, and I think him on like a Speed Force Flash book just makes sense. You know what makes sense? It's going to your favorite podcast catcher of choice and rating and reviewing a podcast that you would listen to for this long. That's right. Also, what would make sense is uh, let us know what you think of the show by emailing us at bagnaboardcast at gmail.com. Let us know if there's any comic books that we should have read this month. We'll check them out. I'm not too proud. I'll go back and read something a month later and talk about it on the next episode. Also, let us know if you want us to start an episode by episode Charmed podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that should be our April Fool's episode. And so I, I I'm gonna Nepal. I I I'd be down for it. It would be so bad, so stupid because I have nothing going into it. But man, you know, and we could rate them by how many wanks Paul would give them, or winks. Uh, <laughs> winks. Um, and then I'm I'm calling it like it. The title is pulled from Smith's song. We call it "These Charming Men." <laughs> and we just sit down and we watch an episode of Charmed each week and talk about it. What'd be really funny is we do one episode and it's our biggest episode and we actually are forced to oh my do gosh, it as a show. We're sucked into that and then we're like, hey, we like this. Listen to the show that started it all. 
And everyone's like, no, I'm just here nope, for the charm nope, content, just here for man. Charm. Can't wait till they get to the episode where Alyssa Milano turns into a mermaid. Mermaid. <laughs> That's the episode. That one gets five winks. 